Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I think uh, the best part about playing this is the new intro to the hour is uh, getting a smiley face from Jeff Cook from Back to the Bars. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Appreciate that. Good to know somebody's listening. Anyway, it's uh, Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, I want to call your attention to something. Uh, and every now and again, uh, people I know send me things and say, Hey, Tom, could you uh, give us a little bit of uh, publicity? So, uh, Assemblyman David DiPietro is doing his uh, fifth annual Sportsman's Night. And it is actually going to be tonight uh, at the Arrowhead Golf Club. You know where the Arrowhead Golf Club is? It's on uh, Clarence Center Road in Akron. And among the people will be State Senator George Borello, Roger Stone. Uh, I'd like to ask Roger Stone a few questions about the uh, Kennedy assassination. And uh, Bruce Johnston with Niagara Frontier Gun Show. And uh, the event begins at 5.30, uh, dinner at 7 o'clock. And for more information, you can call 548-6560, And, uh, yeah, I mean, periodically when I can, I like to work these things in. I uh, did a lot of stuff with the Citizens Against Wind Turbines in Lake Erie and other organizations. I've been talking about the uh, situation with respect to uh, uh, Israel and Hamas and intelligence gathering in particular. Um, and I, I just wonder how much of this could have been prevented. Uh, there had to have been an intelligence um, uh, an intelligence hole. I don't know any other way to uh, phrase it that comes to mind immediately. Let's go to uh, Joe in uh, Chictawaga. Joe, you are on WBEN. Hello. Tom, good afternoon. Yes, sir. Yeah, I uh, just want to throw uh, some opinions out there and a little bit of different perspective. I mean, we do have confirmation that Egypt did indeed warn uh, Tel Aviv about a potential impending attack. I mean, this yes. has been confirmed. Uh, by uh, Representative Michael McCall, uh, representative of Texas. He said, quote, we know that Egypt had warned the Israelis three days prior to an event like this could happen. So you've talked about it. And, I mean, Mossad's intelligence is one of the, the most advanced on the face of the earth. I mean, they basically know what you're going to do it before it happens, before you even think about doing it. So in my opinion, this was allowed to take place. And this was allowed to be carried out. Um, in order for Benjamin Netanyahu to push this, you know, this ethnic cleansing campaign further and to completely eradicate the Palestinian people. That's, uh, I think that's the, the, the play here with all this. 
Any anytime something like this happens, you have to be like, well, who, who qui bono? Who who benefits from something like this? And I, I just think that I mean the the Israeli re- regime in this sense. And there's a couple other you know points. Well, I would I would like to I, if I might interject. Um, I would like to butt in. Um, what the I mean, look. I don't support terrorism, and I, I don't support any innocent civilians uh, being killed, whether they be Muslim, Palestinian, Jews, whatever. But uh, what Israel uh, has done uh, with its uh, blockade of Gaza, I think that you can make a very strong argument that it has been inhumane and that this situation um in part, the Israelis bear responsibility for it happening. And I know it's not going to be real popular with some people, but look, the United States, prior to the attack on Pearl Harbor, we put an oil embargo against the Japanese empire and other economic sanctions against the Japanese empire. And you could make the argument that we, in the United States, through FDR's foreign policy, um, kind of made Pearl Harbor or an attack in the Dutch East Indies inevitable. So, I mean, this 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 uh, blockade has been going on for, since, what, like 2007, 2006, somewhere in there. And it, it I don't think this ever should have been allowed to happen. I mean, where has the United Nations been? Where has where have our administrations been? Um for as much as we may have a soft spot in our heart about Israel, I think that you could make the argument that uh, Israel has not exactly acted in a completely angelic matter, a, a manner when it comes to Gaza. Do you disagree with that? No, I mean, I mean, this is kind of what I wanted to get into, and it is compare. And um, when it comes down to this. Uh, I, this whole narrative, and you were kind of talking about it last hour about, I'm kind of, you know, I've kind of been taken aback a little bit by some of the things that I've been hearing at the station about this whole topic, to be honest, about the pro-Israel sentiment and everything like that. And we're constantly bombarded with this Holocaust narrative, how it's the worst thing to ever happen in the universe. Everybody's a Nazi if you criticize Jews, but yet they have no problem keeping 2.1 million people in the largest concentration camp in the world. And Zionist neocons in the media are talking about turning the Gaza Strip into glass. So hold on a second. I thought the Holocaust was the worst thing to ever happen. But now you have Jews in the media that are saying we need to level the Palestinians. I don't know if you saw a video of those, uh, the, the Jewish rally in NYC. All these people are saying wipe Gaza off the map. We want to build casinos, completely turn them into, into dust. And I don't support terrorism either. But if you or I were born and raised in the Gaza Strip, we might want to uh, shoot rockets at Israel as well. No, I I don't support I, I don't support that that way of thinking. Um, and unfortunately, you know, here here we are. Um, I mean, look, you're, you're raising some uh, some good points. The I think we'd like to think that people all wear white hats and all wear black hats, but human nature is filled with uh, duality and filled with various shades of gray. And anybody talking about turning Gaza and the people who live there into a sheet of glass, tell me how that is different than what the Nazis did uh, in what is now the Czech Republic after the assassination of Heydrich, where they leveled two villages in Czechoslovakia 
simply because they're, uh, the people who had assassinated Heydrich were traced in some way, shape, or form to those villages. Um, so I, I do not disagree with, with your premise, but why this was allowed to happen, was this some conspiracy in order to give the Israelis cover, in order to perpetrate acts of inhumanity on the Palestinians? That, and I, I'm not trying to take an easy way out, that, that's above my pay grade, my friend. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think the, the, it points in that direction. I mean, I just, I know you had referenced that how the, the Nazis would call Jews vermin and all that type of stuff, but, I mean... The Israel and the Jews, they're not innocent in all this. That's another point that I want to make here. It's like I just saw a video of a rabbi the other day who called Muslims orcs. So they have it, and they call us goyim. They call us Gentiles. Well, Gentile is already another category from them, but they call us goyim or cattle. So it's like they do have a tendency to dehumanize their enemy. This is not a, just a Nazi thing. No, not they call but, you know what the, I think I, I, the I guess the the older I become. Um, the more I realize that um, that using words like using universal words like they and them and us and ours is is kind of it's it's kind of counterproductive uh, because it I, I agree with you you cannot dehumanize people um, and expect to have a good outcome. Um, and what what do you think the answer what do you think the answer is in the long term? Because clearly, um, turning Gaza into a sheet of glass and building casinos is not going to happen. It cannot happen, and one could only imagine the repercussions and ramifications if anything like that to, were to happen. What what do you do about the situation? Because look, I'll be the first to tell you, nobody wears the white hat, nobody wears the black hat. There's shades of gray everywhere. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's a very complicated issue. It's, a, it's, I mean, it's just been going on for 75 years or, or more at this point. Um, I, I don't know what you do here because these, these, these two factions in particular, they can't, they can't get along. And I, I feel like that the Muslims do have a grievance. Um, their land was taken by Israel. And, I mean, what, what do you, I mean, if someone came here and colonized the North Towns and kicked everybody out and then – they kept, you know, they kept everybody in the south towns and, and walled us in and bombed us from time to time or dropped white phosphorus on us or cut off our water. I don't know how you have a solution to that, to be quite honest. I mean, that's it, it's never it's, it's just, you know, a, a movable force and un, un, what is it called? A movable force and a, a movable object or whatatever, unstoppable force, a movable object. I, I, know, I, yeah, I, I, I know what you're trying to say. And one one would think uh, that this situation could have and should have been successfully negotiated many years ago. But in, in terms of, you know, your overall point, if you treat people, um, if you treat people like subhumans and if you make their lives difficult, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. And I'm the kind of guy who I don't want to see anybody innocent, uh, whether they're Jews, Muslim, dead and look muslims have had their share of genocides committed against them as well uh in in the crusades horrible genocides against muslims in our own time bosnia horrible genocides against muslim um and it even going beyond that you can go to uh the turkish genocide against the armenians during the first world war 
Um, and, and all of these, I think we can agree that all of these genocides are absolutely criminal. And I also might add in, too, our own government's genocide and lying to the Native Americans, the First Nations of this country. Unfortunately, as I said, nobody wears the white hat. I, I wish I could tell you that I thought, okay, one side is totally innocent and the other side is completely evil, but uh, real life doesn't work that way. There are a lot of gradations and shades of gray. Now, my own personal biases, I think you should know what my biases are, okay? I have a disproportionate number of Jewish friends. If you looked at my DNA, you would find that I am partially Jewish. But if you'd also look a little closer, I have a lot of relatives in Turkey and Iran and some of the Middle Eastern countries as well. So I'm like a mishmash of uh, of everything. But what I want is justice for everybody. I don't know if that's possible in this old world of ours. But let me get back to Joe in Chiktawaga for his uh, final thoughts. Uh, Joe, back to you, sir. Go right ahead. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to point out, I just, with with the point that um, I have a hard time listening to this constant browbeating about the Holocaust narrative and is like Warsaw ghetto Nazi narrative, but they have no problem doing that to their enemies. And that's what I, that's one of the points. And with this atrocity propaganda that we've been seeing, and I know you talked about this yesterday, with there's no, been no actual evidence of this, the 40 decapitated babies that, and that's not happened like we haven't actually had real confirmation of this and there's been a lot of this atrocity propaganda similar to russia bombing orphanages and the gassing of the syrians and the the incubator thing i think you brought up yes well we yeah we we a lot of this in the media and you know what sir one of the things that i've been trying to stress and i hope successfully is that in a war situation the first casualty is the truth and as you heard yesterday on this show i remember that young lady from kuwait going before Congress and perjuring herself, talking about, oh, I saw Iraqi soldiers ripping Kuwaiti babies off of incubators and throwing them away and taking the incubators back. It never happened. It was a lie. It was propaganda. And during the First World War, uh, German troops uh, bayoneting Belgian babies and roasting them over fires. Um, Unfortunately, propaganda and... um, Uh, misinformation, disinformation, fake news is unfortunately always a part of combat. It always will be. uh, As uh, the Chinese, uh, as Sun Tzu once said, uh, before the war is won on the battlefield, it's won in the temples and it's won through propaganda. I thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you, sir. Have a good day, Tom. Thank you. You bet. Uh, I mean, I, I, we're, we're not going to solve the Middle Eastern uh, question today, but uh, certainly take your calls on it. And, uh, yeah, it, it would be such an easy world if I could sit here and say, yes, one side is totally right, the other side is totally wrong. As a general rule, if you listen to this show, I hope it is loud and clear to you that I detest all atrocities against any innocent people, and that includes Palestinians, it includes Muslims, it includes Arabs, okay? Human beings. Um, I've got a soft spot in my heart for human beings. What can I say? I know you might not believe that sometimes, but I do. It's 27 minutes after 4 at News Radio 930 WBEN. It is Bowerly with you on a Thursday.
Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Alrighty. Uh, welcome. It is Bowerly News Radio 930 WBEN Loves. Uh, talking about the uh, situation uh, Hamas, Israel, thousands of people dead. Um, and as our previous caller pointed out, um, you know, there are so many situations in the world, and I think this is one of them, where nobody is wearing the totally white hat and nobody is wearing the totally black hat. And I'm not trying to trivialize anything and say, well, you know, this reminds me of a certain TV show. But without trying to trivialize something, uh, the point I want to make is that one of the reasons why I'm such a big fan of uh, Deadwood, uh, which was on HBO for three or four seasons, is that it really did an excellent job of pointing out the idea that in a civilization where lawlessness uh, reigns supreme, that sometimes the good guys turn out to be the bad guys and vice versa, and not everybody is all good like Seth Bullock, not everybody was all bad like Al Swearingen, and I wish life was a lot easier than it is to sort out but unfortunately, that's the nature of things. I don't know how many of you have people over there uh, who, uh, again, just were lucky to escape uh, the carnage and get out. And as I said, my own personal life experience and my biases, I tend to know a lot more Jews than I do Muslims uh, or Palestinians. And that's just my own personal built-in life experience. So you should know that. Uh, so that when I speak, you understand where my biases are. But I must also stress that no matter which innocent civilian is being murdered or killed, um, that's not my bag. That's not my cup of tea um, at all, to very, very much understate the situation. Uh, let's go to Tony in uh, Clarence on WBEN. Tony, thanks for holding, and it is your turn. Go right ahead. Uh, Tom, you make a lot of good points, 
and I appreciate that. Joe made an awful lot of good points also. One thing that they just uh, announced a couple, about an hour ago was uh, Tony Blinken, our Secretary of State, was shown the pictures of the decapitation of the children. Forty pictures were given to him, and he just looked away after a while. That, that has happened. Those pictures were shown to him. My, my question is this. It's philosophical. Do people have the right to live without having to fear for their lives? My second question is, do people have a right to live where they want? I've, I'm 76 years old. I remember the formation, uh, reading about the formation of Israel from the beginning. And uh, ever since that time, I knew this was a, a disaster was waiting to happen. Because what happened is the issue of forming a state for Palestinians has been put on the back burner from one uh, uh, prime minister in, in Israel to another to another. D Jimmy Carter brought up the, the two-state solution. Obama brought up two-state solution. A lot of presidents asked Israel to consider two-state solutions. What was Israel's response? No. Right now, they blockaded not only that country, that area of Gaza, right. but they've stopped giving them food, electricity, and uh, water. How long are these people going to last? Secondly, there are 345,000 of them that want to leave the country, that area. They have nowhere to go. Egypt refuses to take them. They have no place to go at this particular point in time. And Jordan, Jordan does as well. Um, your first question, do people have a right to live free from fear? Um, President Roosevelt, in his very famous Four Freedoms speech, did say that in his ideal world, people did have a right to uh, live free from fear as well as uh, enjoy freedom of speech, of worship, freedom from want. Um, I think some of those things are, quite frankly, rather pie in the sky and not attainable uh, on this on this planet. And, you, you know, I, I don't know how you feel about this, Tony, but I'm about to find out. I've heard people over the years, including Rush Limbaugh, say that, you know, when this situation is going to be resolved, it's going to be resolved when one side completely wins and the other side completely loses. And I hope that Rush is wrong on that uh, because it just it, it's it's too horrific to even contemplate, at least for me. Y your thoughts, sir? But I couldn't hear the last part of what you said. But my point is, what do you do with these 345,000 people that want to flee the country? And talking about leaving the airport, Ben-Gurion Airport, our United States is setting up charter flights to try to remove all the citizens of the United States that want to leave the country. That was brought up yesterday on one of the shows I saw, that they are trying to arrange for chartered flights. And your friend having to charter his own flight at, at, at a large cost just—it just boggles my imagination. This, this, this was, the whole situation could—you could have foreseen it from 19 when it was done in 1948, and you threw these people together that have nothing in common, basically nothing in common, and a lot of them hate each other. 
So we, we this was bound to happen, Tom. And I just think you have a brilliant show today. Brilliant show. Thank no, you. You're very, you're very, very kind. Uh, thank you very much, Tony. If it was, if it was brilliant, I would have solutions. Unfortunately, I'm a little bit lax on solutions, but I don't feel that bad because people with their uh, JFK School of Government certifications and PhDs from Harvard have been unable to figure this out. I think one of the things you might consider doing is you, uh, you, you put the people together who feel more or less the same. Same way, and you bribe in any way possible countries where they would be most at home into taking them in and making them a part of the fabric of their society. That way, you ideally would minimize stress on the individuals involved, and you'd put people into circumstances in which they were more likely to flourish than moving them to Greenland or Iceland or someplace like that. But um, I, I appreciate your uh, your kind words, but I wish I had more in the way of solutions. I Look, I, I just don't like to see human misery. I don't like to see human suffering. And it doesn't matter to me if they're Jewish Israelis, if they are Palestinians. It, it doesn't matter. And the blockade under which people in Gaza have been living, um, frankly, it strikes me as being um, inhumane. And I don't like saying those things, um, but sometimes you have to say what you believe in your heart. And I do believe that it is inhumane. Now, I, I could revert to Gandhi and an eye for an eye, and sooner or later the entire world goes blind. Um and that, that's about the best I can do as far as the uh, stock expressions uh, that we can use. Let's go uh, back to the calls on uh, WBEN. And uh, who would be next? Uh, it would be uh, Dominic in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. Dominic, thanks for holding, sir. You are on WBEN. Welcome to the show, my love. Hello. I, I, I would just like to suggest that I would very much like to know what the crew of the USS Liberty would think about what's going on uh, currently in in, uh, Israel. Well, you're talking about the American ship that was attacked by the Israelis? Yeah, I think this Back in the 1960s? I talked yes, to one sir. of um, I, I talked to one of the survivors who actually wrote a book of the attack on the Liberty, and uh, I, I can pretty I can pretty much imagine what his uh, thoughts would be on what's happening right now uh, with Israel. Those guys felt as though they were, uh, well, basically attacked by an ally, and the justice was never done for them or their families or their injuries. I I, I personally believe that the people that are actually in charge in that region wanted this to happen. And as, as you've said, it's always the innocents that, that pay the price and suffer. Okay, what, what do you think, uh, and this is what I'm trying to figure out, and maybe you can help me understand this, Dominic. What, what do you think the end game is? Because if, uh, if you're trying to maneuver a situation and set up a situation on the world uh, chessboard, if you will, um, what is there to gain? What's at play? Who gains and how do they gain? Well, the one thing that popped into my mind that I've not heard anyone else suggest, this might have something to do with Brexit. You got to remember that the the uh, uh, the petrodollar is is hurting uh, massively, and for uh, quite a bit of time, we've basically been Israel's piggy bank. And if our dollar crashes, that's going to hurt them. If they can upheave 
uh, Saudi Arabia, et cetera, and, and basically crush the, uh, the other uh, manipulative uh, petrol currency, our dollar stays strong. And, and I suspect that might be one of the chess pieces. I, I wish I knew, but uh, a lot of people don't know about what you started off uh, the phone call referencing, and that is the Israeli attack on the USS Liberty. 34 of our people died, 171 were injured, many of them seriously uh, with uh, like life-changing injuries and wounds. Um, it was a horrific attack. I do not believe it was an accident uh, at all. Uh, I think it was that that I think was the the most sinister act uh, that the Israelis have ever committed against the United States. And as far as the motivation, um, I was never able to figure that out. If if that ship down, they went down, they were going to blame Egypt. That's what Uh, was going to happen. And if it if it wasn't for the commander saving that vessel, they were going to they were going to pretend it was Egypt that attacked them. Well, you know, it wouldn't be the first time in naval warfare that one side took out another ship and then claimed it was somebody else. Um, there was a British passenger liner very early on in the Second World War that was evacuating uh, women and children, I think, to Canada, and uh, it was torpedoed off the coast of uh, Ireland, and uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the Nazis... Uh, uh, Goebbels and his propaganda people said, oh, that was Winston Churchill. He sank his own ship trying to generate support against Germany and in favor of the U.K. Uh, and then, obviously, the explosion on the uh, on our ship, the Maine, in Havana Harbor. Uh, we could talk about Gulf of Tonkin um, and the Lusitania, which, by the way, the sinking of the Lusitania was one of the incidents which brought the United States into the First World War, and the Germans said it was loaded with contraband, and what do you know, it was. And and, and well, why, know, why do you why do you think we why do you think we sank the main in water so deep that even today's research vessels would have a challenge uh, finding out anything forensically about what caused it to go down? Well, a, a very very wise man many years ago said, "War is a racket. Follow the dollar." Um, you know what? I I wish I could say something that would. Uh, uh, dissuade you from that point of view, but unfortunately, um, money makes the world go round. And let's face it, uh, defense contractors do very well during wartime. Uh, research yeah. institutions do very well during wartime. Uh, we have a research institution just down the throughway, which might as well be called CIA North, RIT. And uh, take care. Okay. All right. Thank, thank you. I, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the call. Actually, uh, several years ago, one of the big shots at RIT was forced to step down because people were asking all kinds of questions about the intimate and cozy relationship between RIT and CIA. And I suspect if you were to look at the books today, you'd find a continuing very close relationship between CIA and RIT. Uh, I'm just saying. Bowerly talking about the situation in the Middle East. And my friends, I wish I had an answer for you, but look at it this way. You know how old I am, or should I say, you know how young I am. And this stuff has been going on since well before I was born, and it's going to continue the strife in the Middle East well after we are gone and your children and grandchildren are gone, and there doesn't seem to be any 
permanent resolution in sight. Maybe Rush Limbaugh was right. You know what it ends? It ends when one side wins conclusively and decisively, and the other side can't do anything about it. Uh, I'd like to think humanity has advanced past that point, but we are, at the end of the day, animals, all of us, fighting for survival and our place in the sun. Let's go to uh, some more calls on WBEN. And uh, it is, uh, I, 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 I don't know how to pronounce this name, uh, Tanner, you got to help me out here. On line four? Yep, Gone is in Gone with the Wind, as he okay. told me over the phone. Okay, Gone, you're on WBEN. Uh, gone but not forgotten. Hello. Hello, thank you for taking my call so quickly. I appreciate it. Well, of course, if you could get off speakerphone, that would be a great help to me. I've got about a minute to get you started, then we'll continue after the news. Okay. No problem, yes. I'm off my speakerphone. Okay, go right ahead, sir. So, I mean, I don't know if you had any questions. I wanted to first say, I heard you say the blockade over Gaza is inhumane. Well, I wanted to comment about that. Hamas are inhumane. Hamas beheading babies, kidnapping grandmas raping women, as you've seen the, uh, the past uh, few days on Saturday. This is inhumane. The blockade is because of Hamas. Secondly, you should not ignore the fact that Egypt is controlling the entire border with Gaza. No one ever talks about Egypt in any way, shape, or form because they're not Jewish. It's very well, important. It, now, it, it, actually, that, Egypt, hmm? Egypt just came up. Egypt, uh, I'll be happy to talk to you after the, the news break here at the uh, top of the hour, but i got to put you on hold here. Uh, but as far as uh, Egypt, Egypt did, uh, did allegedly give uh, Israel uh, a heads up that something was uh, brewing in Gaza. Uh, and I do think, and I'm not the only person who thinks, that the blockade of Gaza is inhumane. Um, it, people, and I, and I don't think that, you, you did not accuse me of this, but I don't think that if you call uh, activity uh, inhumane, uh, because it is committed by an Israeli government that that uh, makes somebody anti-Semitic. I think it's pretty obvious I'm far from that. But I do think that uh, war crimes are war crimes. Crimes against humanity are crimes against humanity, no matter who commits them. Um, and we'll continue this after the uh, break on WBEN. It is Bowerly and... Uh, yeah, we'll break and then be back to you on News Radio 930 WBEN. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required, minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details why why if you why? have t-mobile 5g home internet you might be hearing this why a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users why, why? good question why not switch to cox internet with two times faster download speeds than t-mobile 5g home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion we all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing and once again toyota is leading the way we hear a lot about fully electric vehicles and toyota has them with more coming in but we also know a bev is not for everyone 
whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.